Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Coaching Radio. We are your humble host, Tim and Julie Harris. We're broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. And I have to say it is lovely today here in Austin, Texas. We are very excited to present to today's radio show topic to you. Um, a lot of you are focused, and I think rightfully so, on lead generation. And a lot of you, wrongfully so, if that's a word, are thinking that the only way for you to lead generate is by buying your leads. And I realize that if you've gotten your license, real estate license, if you haven't been present in this industry for more than maybe probably about 10 years, you probably do believe that the only leads out there are the ones that you can buy. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to show you on the radio show, probably day tomorrow and maybe the following day, um, how you specifically need to be building your lead generation wheel. I'll explain that concept to you in a second. And then Julie's going to jump in and she's going to walk you through exactly how to build your first spoke on your wheel. Uh, but before I do, Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. It is my pleasure. I had a lot of great coaching calls with clients and with our great coaches. Everybody is very much on track and very excited. So I think that this radio show will supplement what they're all doing because especially today's show, it's something that every single person can embrace. It doesn't matter if you got your license yesterday or if you're a grizzled veteran. So spokes in the wheel. Let me briefly explain that concept. Coaching clients, you certainly know what this means. I'll tell you in a story format. I had a coaching call, and this is probably 10 years ago, from a gal who was one of the nation's top producing agents whose business was solely dependent on over-the-phone prospecting. Nothing wrong with that. She was fantastic at it. I'm talking about the classics, Fizbo's expired centers of influence. And every day she'd make a certain number of contacts. Very good business lady, very profitable business practice, the whole nine yards. Really fantastic agent. You get the picture. Well, she uh, called me after um, she had gone through what was essentially 60 days of hell. What had happened? She got laryngitis. I don't know if you've ever had laryngitis before. I've had laryngitis before. And, you know, the doctor always says don't talk. And, of course, being that we're salespeople, we talk and we don't listen, and the laryngitis gets worse. Well, because her only source of business was over-the-phone prospecting, and because she was solely dependent on her voice, she couldn't stop doing uh, the over-the-phone work or she didn't have no business. As a result of that, her laryngitis got worse and worse to the point where literally she couldn't talk. She had no voice. Um, and she said that this went on for like a week or two, where basically, in essence, she couldn't speak. Um, so she comes through the laryngitis, and I'm having a free coaching call with her. By the way, you guys can have a free coaching call as well at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And remember, when you do, we give you copies of our uh, two of our books. We have several books, but uh, one is The Real Estate Treasure Map, and the other is Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. So I'm having this coaching call with her. You know, I could her voice was... Yeah, I'd say probably 75% mended, but she said she was never going to make the mistake again, that's the reason she was calling us, of being what, she, you know, what we, I, I think, termed one-spoke wonders. And what that is, is an agent who only has one source of business. So the wheel analogy is this. Imagine a multiple-spoked, or imagine a wheel rolling down the road. Now, if that wheel has one spoke and it hits even the smallest of pebbles on the road, 
the wheel's going to collapse, right? There's no integrity to the wheel. Well, if you are an agent who has one source of business, in her case it was over-the-phone prospecting, which was solely dependent on her ability to, you know, talk, <laughs> well, then what that, led to her, what that led to, in essence, was when she lost her voice, she found out that her business had no integrity in terms of its ability to generate uh, you know, new business, new leads. She couldn't really do anything. You get the concept. Those of you who are basically buying your business from different sources, those folks are even more perilous because they are dependent on an outside source. They're not even dependent on you. They, the outside source, like you guys have been buying, some of you have been buying leads from the various portals, and you've noticed that the quality in many cases has gone down, the cost has gone up. So as far as a, a reliable spoke that you can control, I think over the last really 36 months, maybe 48 months, the big portals have proven themselves to be somewhat unreliable because of the fact that, like I said, they, the quality is differing, the price is changing, there's you know variables that are in play that makes it so that you can't be solely dependent on buying leads from the portals. And that same goes true with all the other things. I remember very clearly, it was in 2007, 2008, somewhere in there, the big thing, and you guys will remember this too, I'm laughing because people were treating this like it was a religion, social networking. Do you remember how aggressive people were thinking and trying to basically defend the position that social networking was somehow going to be the latest, greatest thing and how tweeting and how hashtagging and all the rest of it? And that stuff was a fun, um, was a fun little uh, experiment, I think, if nothing else, into, into marketing. And I'll, for a short while... When it was new, before it was oversaturated, that stuff was fairly good at generating business. Um, you know, it did generate leads. It was kind of novel. People were sort of, you know, they were entranced by it. But what's happened? Time's marched on. Only seven or eight years, nine years later, now what are we saying? Oversaturated, too many people have done it. People aren't paying attention to it. You know, as far as the social networking stuff goes, it's still something you should have in your business. But as far as those agents who were thinking it was going to become, to use our vernacular, their main spoke for lead generation, well, what happened is they were very, very disappointed. Now, again, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying don't do social networking. But what I am suggesting to you is that you don't have that be your only spoke. Because if you do, you're going to be greatly disappointed when you find out that its effectiveness diminishes or is already diminished to the point of being almost not worth uh, pursuing other than to enhance the other stuff you're doing. So what we're going to do this week is we're focusing on what should be your core spoke. So wheel analogy to close that loop for you, pun intended, <laughs> um, you should have seven strong spokes on your wheel. That should be your goal. Any top producer that we've ever coached or we've ever interviewed, anyone you ever come across that is truly successful in this business consistently, not just a good month or a good year, but a good decade, right? Agents who are the true multi-multi-millionaires in this industry, you'll find that, generally speaking, they have at least seven core spokes. Again, go back to the gal I was telling you about. If she had had, say, for example, other spokes on her wheel that weren't dependent on her ability to speak um, and she got laryngitis, well, she would have been fine because those other spokes would have been generating business and leads for her. That's what I want for all of you. You need to have that stability, that integrity to your lead generation so that when it comes time uh, for you to maybe go on a vacation, there's a novel concept, or maybe you know take some time off that you're not just basically completely out of business in terms of lead generation. So what we're going to be sharing with you is are the, I think, or is the core spoke that all of you should have as the primary spoke on your wheel. 
And that course spoke, or the topic of today's call is your, and probably this uh, next few days' call, is your 12-month lead generation plan with a focus on centers of influence and past clients. Now, centers of influence and past clients should always be your course spoke. Julie's going to discuss that with you. But what we're going to do is we're going to share with you, a, a, and I want you to write this down, um, you know, take great notes, a step-by-step, month-by-month, exactly what to do and say plan for your centers of influence and past clients. Those of you who have become over-reliant on email or newsletters, for that matter, thinking that that was going to uh, keep those relationships strong, what you're seeing, again, is that oversaturation creeping back in. A lot of you have been uh, lulled into believing that passive stuff with your centers of influence, dropping things off their house maybe or sending them emails or newsletters, you've been lulled into believing that those things by themselves will be effective at uh, generating uh, business for you. Now, will they work at some level? Yes, of course they will. But will they work at the level that you're hoping they will? Probably not. Why? Because you're not the only one doing them. You know, it's, there's, there's been a lot of interesting coaching stories about, for example, in October, agents ha- think, okay, well, I think it's a great idea for me to drop off pumpkin pies. You know, a lot of uh, centers of influence and past client-based uh, agents, they follow the same exact regimen. You know, forget-me-not seeds in April, you know, uh, they'll do pumpkin pies, and, you know, you guys get the idea. Well, what happens when you're not the only agent dropping a pumpkin pie off, the, off of that same seller's house? What makes you think that that person doesn't have multiple agents that are following the exact same center of influence and past client plan? You see what happens there? It becomes oversaturated. You guys remember, a lot of you are tech-focused, which I appreciate. Um, you remember what it was about 24 months ago, the big uh, thing was Facebook ads, and Facebook ads do still work, but the Facebook ad that everyone was talking about was the Facebook ad where you were, in essence, offering a CMA. Okay, so when that, it, not a new concept, been around forever, obviously, you guys have been in the business for any amount of time, you know that that's something that, you know, agents have been advertising free market analysis ever since people have been living in caves. So what happened? Other agents started doing it, and then on everyone's Facebook feed, there were 10 agents offering them CMAs using slightly different copy and slightly different offers, you know, and all of that. But it became, over, it became oversaturated. So it worked for maybe a month or two, and that's what the interesting thing about Facebook. When you see these ads come out or you see these ad concepts come out for real estate agents, they work for about a month because it becomes oversaturated. Other agents start doing it. Well, the same thing happens with the old school centers of influence and past client plans. So be very, very cautious that you do not become complacent with your center of influence and past client list. Um, Otherwise, you're going to wonder at the end of the year, you're going to say, well, why am I not getting the same percent of business from that list as I used to? Well, we're going to give you a 12-month plan. Most of these ideas are unique. All these ideas are things you can do with virtually no expense, and it won't take a lot of time, and we'll keep you at at the front of the mind of all your centers of influence and past clients. Uh, So, Julie, let's just jump right in. You got it. So how do you create a steady flow of referrals and repeat business? You've got to create a 12-month plan and be committed to that plan so you get into action and out of planning mode. One of the most common things we hear from new coaching clients, I've been circling the wagons on my past client center of influence list. I've never really gotten that together. I don't really have a plan. So our goal here on these radio shows is to get you into action and out of planning, right? So here's the fact. When you look at that awesome listing, I know this has happened to each and every one of you listening. When you look at that awesome listing that just hit the market and you look at the listing agent and you go, how did that agent 
get that listing. It's almost <laughs> always because the seller already knew the agent. Would you agree with that, Tim? I mean, I know that yeah, you and I, I used to look at that and go, how'd that happen, right? Yeah, an agent from clear across town, their sign shows up in your you know, neighborhood, maybe you know, the house you know, three streets away, and you know the agent. You know they don't even sell anywhere. Well, what the heck happened? Well, it was their center of influence and past client. And, that, and Julie's right. I mean, we, when you guys see that happen, you always sort of wonder, well, how did that happen? It's because they are working, that agent is working their centers of influence and past client 100%. Mm-hmm. Yes, so your goal is to be that agent and stop saying that phrase, how did that agent get that listing? Be that agent. Have somebody say that about you. So here's the fact. Everyone loves repeat and referral business. The prospect already knows you and already trusts you. So if you could choose who your next buyer or seller would be, wouldn't you always choose somebody that you already know versus a cold lead or a purchased lead, for example? Another fact, a minimum of 10% of your database should be buying or selling with you every single year, assuming that you speak with them regularly. Many of our coaching clients track more like 40% of their business to their ever-expanding database, but you can only get those results when you're systematized with regular communication. So popping by once with a pumpkin pie is not regular communication. If you want the minimum of a 10% return, and if you want even better than that, like most of our coaching clients get, you've got to be very consistent. So let's do the math just to illustrate this using the 10% rule. So if you have 100 people on your list, which is a combination of past clients, centers of influence, um, adopted clients, you should have at least 10 deals a year from them, almost one a month, 10 deals if we're using the 10% rule. If you're not, then you either don't have a great past client and center of influence plan, or you have a plan, but you're not working it consistently. By the way, email is not enough. When you build your list to 500 people, you can create as many as 50-plus transactions per year when you do this right. And we are coaching many agents who absolutely are meeting or exceeding those numbers. Um, so here's the thing. They didn't do it in 30 days. They didn't do it with one pumpkin pie. They didn't do it with one thank you card. They've been very consistent. Your expansion plan should start today. So again, stop circling the wagons and get into action. Start your plan. And we're going to show you exactly what to say, what to send, who to meet with, and how you're going to do it. But before we get into that, Tim, you had mentioned, and I, I agreed with you on this, that the theme really should not be so much uh, like prospecting, that word that freaks some people out. Think of this as acts of kindness versus looking at prospecting. This is outreach to people who you already know and love and who should hopefully already know and love you. Acts of kindness gets to our communication plan here versus Oh my God! I got to prospect past clients. Does well, that make so sense? what you're talking about is what you're talking about is mindset, right? So what Julie yeah. is suggesting, a lot of you who do have natural resistance, and it happens with all salespeople, by the way, to actually doing the uh, you know direct contacting with folks, it's because you have all these fears that pop into your head, and the fears are let's just put them all out there. The fears are oh my gosh, if I call these people, or if I stop by, you know, if I have any sort of direct contact, they could reject me. They could uh, mm-hmm. think bad thoughts about me. They could think I'm desperate. They could think I'm this, I'm that, the I'm other. In other words, them. Right. So all those thoughts, guys, and I know this isn't something that's really, you know, you're going to want to probably most of you not want to really listen to this little bit of it. But the reality of it is, is those are all ego-based thoughts. They're not real. We did a radio show a while ago, you guys should listen to this, about psychological fears versus real fears. Psychological fears are just ego-based fears. And what a lot of you experience 
without knowing it, are are ego-based psychological fears. Your mind creates obstacles that do not exist. And as a result of that, it prevents you from being being of service to other folks. You're just literally so uh, wrapped up in your own mind of all the what-ifs and these constant, it's like a what-if kind of thing is constantly rolling around in your head that you just don't make the effort. Now, here's a way to reframe that. There's, you know, opposed to worrying about how to psychologically move yourself beyond that, the easiest and quickest way is just to reframe it. So if your mindset is, how can I be of service to others? That's the reason we say it constantly on the radio show, guys. How do we be of service to others? How can you make it so your most prominent thought every day is being of service to others? Well, opposed to thinking of uh, what we're going to ask you to do as making a contact, which, again, triggers those ego-based psychological fears, just replace that with an act of kindness. So Julie's not going to ask you, well, she is, but so she's going to ask you to make, say, for example, five over-the-phone contacts. Okay, right there, a lot of you have just shut us off psychologically. I get it, but before you go, let me reframe it. We want you to do five acts of kindness per day. Ah, see how that's different? Do you see how you immediately felt different when you reframed it, that you were actually doing good, you were actually trying to help other people, especially your centers of influence and past clients? So what it is is if you are knowing that you're doing something that's going to be of value to the people you're calling, if you're able to offer them something that you know that they'll want, not just want, be, be sincerely appreciative of, then you're going to be really anxious and excited about making those contacts, correct? So that's what this 12-month plan is. There are unique things that we're going to suggest that you do, and those things are going to be um, putting you in a position where they're going to be received warmly from the recipient. In other words, they're acts of kindness. Who doesn't want an act of kindness granted on them? Everybody does. Go ahead, Jules. All right, so here's a secret before we get going on this. Avoid dependence on electronic communication, because I guarantee you, Tim, when you were talking about getting out of the prospecting mindset and into the act of kindness mindset, some of them were going, well, maybe I can just email them instead. Maybe I can exactly. just you know, send some texting instead. I'll just be better on Facebook. No, remember, secret to this, avoid dependence on electronic communication. We're not saying don't do it, but we are saying don't make it the only thing you do. Well, but Julie, let, let, let's actually be more direct with that, okay? We were talking mm-hmm. about oversaturation before. We were talking about too many people doing the same thing, too many salespeople doing the same thing. We were talking about the fact that uh, your centers of influence and your past client list, and we're going to tell you how to put one together here or at least enhance the one you have here in a second. Um, but what we are suggesting to you is you are not the only person, agent, that's contacting those people. You're not the only one that's emailing them. Uh, market updates. You're not the only one that's mailing them a newsletter. You're not the only one, like I said earlier, that's dropping dropping off the seasonal, you know, uh, little tchotchkes like pumpkin pies. You're not the only one that's doing those types of things. So, in essence, the electronic communication has become oversaturated. The Facebooking, the Twittering, the emailing, the rest, all that stuff. The top producing agents in the country, this is a huge, it's not even a secret, it should be common sense, but I'll call it a secret to get your attention. The top producers in the country, uh, we coach a lot of them. We uh, interview a lot of them. Listen to what they say. They're doing the electronic stuff, yes, but they are not reliant on it. In other words, they do not consider even the slickest newsletter to be a true contact. Their contacts are all over the phone. Now, if I had interviewed or we were coaching those people 10 years ago, when a lot of these sort of passive uh, contact things were novel and people were actually paying attention to them, then maybe they didn't have to do the over-the-phone work. So maybe, in other words, the over-the-phone work was uh, 
I think successfully maybe for a brief time in our, you know, in history was replaced maybe for 24, maybe 36 months by some of the electronic stuff because people were receptive to it. Then what happened? Thousands of patients started doing the same thing, started using the same programs. Nobody pays attention to that stuff. Google has gotten wise to it. They've started obviously sending a lot of that stuff to your junk, spam, whatever folder, leaving what? Those of you who've never really adopted or embraced the concept of over-the-phone contacts or in-person contacts, it's leaving you out in the cold. That's one of the biggest fallacies in these passive centers of influence and past client systems that a lot of you guys subscribe to. Oh, I get it. I understand why you'd find that alluring. I mean, I get it. Yes, you can subscribe to some list and some system will mail out some letter and you know your phone will ring or you'll get an email and it'll be a come list me. I get it. It's very romantic, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work at the level that you need it for it to work. So you're going to have to embrace the fact that the agents and the top producing agents that are killing it in this market are the ones that are picking up the phone because nobody else is picking up the phone. That's the thing that's happened. The pendulum has swung too far to the making contacts passively you know, side, and now the agents who are willing to pick up the phone. And remember, these are opportunities for you, you know, acts of kindness. We're going to give you the 12-month plan. The mindset is, is if you're picking up the phone and you're doing an act of kindness, they're going to want the call, look forward to the call, be excited about the call, be appreciative of the call versus just another piece of junk mail. And that happens electronically as well. So accept the fact and, you know, take advantage of the fact that the electronic communication stuff is very, very passe. doesn't really work like it did before it ever worked that well to begin with. Jules? That's right. So setting up your database, because everything we're going to talk about from here forward assumes that you've got a database taken care of. So we really have to address this before we ask them to do anything with it, right? So how do you set up your database? Number one, use Mojo Cells to organize your database and create specific folders. This will create efficiency and organization. Now, if you're already set up on Top Producer and you know what you're doing there or some other system and you just haven't done anything with it, then that's okay too. But what we recommend is Mojo Cells. It's not, you know, we talk about Mojo for expireds and all of the normal stuff, but Mojo is also fantastic for organizing into different folders your database. So maybe you've got your database separated into your own past clients and centers of influence, and then maybe you've got business centers of influence, you know, your appraisers and your mortgage people, and you want to do a different program for them. You can use Mojo to do that. A lot of you guys already have Mojo, but you're not using it in this fashion. So we wanted to point that out. Point number well, two. Let, let, Julie, let me tell in that. So Mo, Mojo is awesome. Sure. Just to emphasize what Julie's saying, you know, we were huge proponents of Mojo Cells even became the, before they became sponsors of our radio show. So here's the thing with Mojo, like Julie just said. You load all of your centers of influence and past clients into, into Mojo. A lot of you guys don't know this. Well, that, it's, it's a CRM, but at the best, the coolest thing is it's an auto-dialer. So you literally can say, I'm going to make five over-the-phone contacts. I know some of you are resisting it, but you won't as soon as I tell you what you're going to be saying to the folks because they're actually going to be wanting your call. So you're going to make five or ten or however many contacts per day. But the cool thing about Mojo is once that list and the phone numbers are loaded up, now you're some of you, I, can, I just read a lot of your collective minds, you know, there's 100,000 of you that listen regularly, and some of you are saying, I don't have phone numbers, all I have is emails. There are, pro, there are um, 
uh, companies out there that if you give them the emails and some contact, they will find the phone numbers. I think Lists USA is one of them, and there's a lot of other companies. Go to Google and do your own homework on this. So, again, you give them the emails. They give you the phone numbers. In some cases, they give you really good phone numbers. So there, now you have phone numbers. So start calling the folks. Put them in the Mojo cells. Time block. We're going to get all this in a second. Time block a certain time every single day that you're going to make the phone calls. It's beautiful. It's elegant. It's the reason we love Mojo. You go to the website. You hit the start button. The thing starts dialing the phone numbers that you've preordained it for to call on that particular day. You have your scripts on the wall, or at least your talking points. You you present. You talk. You take notes. You write down things. I'll tell you the other one we like. It, it's not an auto dialer though. It's Contactually.com. Contactually, as a lot of you guys are using, um, it's also kind of a cool system. Same idea, but what it again, it's not an auto dialer. But what it does is it syncs up with social networking stuff. So if you're calling your centers of influence and past clients, it'll already be pulling in. Like so, Tim and Julie Harris, right? And then maybe on Facebook, I updated a picture of Zoe who learned how to say some word or ride a bike or whatever. And then when you're calling me, you'll say, hey, you know, I was just on Facebook, and I noticed that da-da-da-da-da. Well, what happened was Contactually pulled it in. You know, Contactually, maybe you went to LinkedIn and saw that I updated my – you guys get the point? So that's the nice thing about Contactually is that it does allow you to have sort of a 360-degree view of the person you're talking with, assuming they're active on any of the social networks. But both of those in conjunction might be good. I don't know if Mojo can pull in contactually. I don't know if any of that works that way. Uh, but at the end of the day, use a system. There's systems out there that are super simple to use. Uh, so the, the idea that you can't do it because it's too complicated or, you know, whatever, just don't let that be the thing that keeps you from embracing the ideas that we're going to give you. Exactly. So who goes on your list? Point number two, put your past clients, people from your sphere of influence, and adopted clients onto the list. Who's an adopted client? So they're buyers who bought your listings. You have their names. You have their address off of the settlement statements and your contracts. So that's who goes on your list. And again, you can have spinoff lists, maybe a dedicated specific neighborhood or farm list, your uh, ancillary contacts like your mortgage and title people, but certainly your past clients, your sphere, and your adopted clients. Point number three, commit to adding at least five new people per week to this list through your closings, your clubs, your meetings, and your general travels. Remember the difference between 10% of 100 and 10% of 500. 10% of 500 is more deals. So the only way that's going to happen is adding new people to your list. Point number four, update this list weekly as part of your job. This is really critical. Commit to never letting it get out of control or outdated ever again. And Tim, I always remember back to the event we had with the top 100 agents and the question that you asked some of these grizzled veterans that have been in business for 20, 30 plus years and have thousands of past clients. They always say the same thing. One thing they would have changed is they would have been better at this earlier. So the Absolutely. database is critical. It is part of your job. And if you worked for Tim and Julie Harris Company and we were your broker, we would say, you know what, we're going to pay you this much per year, but part of your job is keeping your database updated. You don't do that, we're going to fire you. Well, when you don't do that for yourself, you're kind of firing yourself without, not, without even really knowing it. You're becoming self-unemployed because you're not doing this at a high level. So this might be a good place to take a break and do a continued show on this uh, ongoing because today we covered a lot of ground. We talked about how to set up your database. We talked about why this is so critical. Would you like to, would you want me to keep going or?
do you think that's no, no, no. We enough for pick, them to we'll digest? So, so here, <laughs> right. So uh, tomorrow what we're going to do is we're going to start, we're going to give you like month one, month two, month three. And like I said, we're going to probably end up having this be over a couple different radio shows. Make sure you listen in every day and you take notes. Um, the, the idea is what you're going to walk away with is a specific, easy-to-follow plan that you're, you're enthusiastic and you're excited about and doesn't cost you anything to follow. So, um, you know, take notes. That's the main thing. It's, it, we don't provide notes for our radio show. You guys are expected to take notes. If there's anything we can ever do for you, please request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Um, and listen, guys, uh, when you get your free coaching call, you're going to walk away with a business plan. That's something that is valid really any time of the year, but especially this time of year. And you do get copies of two of our books, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, and also uh, the Real Estate Treasure Map. So do request a free coaching call. Um, if there's ever anything we can do for you, show topic ideas, uh, people we should be interviewing, do feel free to email Julie or I directly, and I really appreciate it when you guys do. Um, we usually use your ideas. It's uh, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Just email us directly any show ideas. And like I said, we always appreciate the feedback. In the meantime, have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.